Hello everyone, welcome to XYZ Podcast, I'm Gary and yes, today is our first episode to be shared on the platform of um, SoundCloud and Spotify. So I was thinking to do this because I was, as you noticed that I wrote some um, writings and sharings on XYZ um, Instagram. So I thought to, to do this, the first episode, I was thinking that I can ask someone to do this with me. And I thought the best person to share this with me is my partner. So hi, Amos, how are you? Hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, um, I'm doing fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so actually, I was thinking, you know, we actually spoken before that anonymous project about um, educating stuff, you remember? It's about like sharing knowledge. Um, it's about sharing... Yeah, about I, thought that was to- I thought that was top secret. You're not supposed to talk about it. Nah, I, I mean, no one knows about it. <laughs> Why are you telling the whole world about yeah. it? You're not supposed to tell them. This is not a top secret project. Yeah. So, but, but anyway, so so I thought, you know... Okay, uh, let's, 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 let's imagine that we didn't say anything about that. Please, please kindly forget uh, anything about our top secret project to educate <laughs> yeah. the world. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. the idea that podcast at I I came to you and says that you know why don't we try podcast because I thought, you know, writing is like something just dealing with uh because in, in on on Instagram is just photos and writings that people have to read it, and I thought through voice it will be easier to you know understand and they can play it. I was thinking to give it a little bit background of um X Y Z project which actually this podcast is sort of like us sub-initiative behind XYZ Project. Um, so XYZ Project was created about three years ago. So so the idea of XYZ Projects comes when uh, both of us was thinking to do like uh, a competitions. And at that time, we were doing with Sue and Lee. And after that, we did some uh, installations. And after that, joined by Yixin and Vicky. And, and after that, I think it's sort of put into a slower pace because we were sort of working online and because you are in Malaysia and I'm in Glasgow. So I thought it still, be, can, it still can be continued so that, you know, podcast, it becomes like another platform. Let's move on to the interview. Amos, uh, I knew him from uh, university, Taylor's Uni, and we, we, we doesn't really, you know, living in the yeah. same gang kind of thing because he's yeah, like we spent you know, four horrifying years in the same place yeah yeah so because we don't communicate well much at that time so then after because of the competition and since then we uh we work a lot so and now you are enrolled into pilot school which i thought when we are doing this pilot episode then it might be quite quite fun to have a pilot as well <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, I'm not a pilot yet. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. But in Soon to be. Yeah. Time, yeah. Okay. So, the so to start off, I was thinking to, I remember that you mentioned architecture is the mother of all art, and we 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 sort of discuss about it in a way that you know, architects is not it's not like just knowing about how to draw or how to illustrate um, drawings or perspectives and things, but it is like a polymath that understand more than that because 
I think I think we we sort of talk about it is like Corbusier's or um, if you want to talk about like Da Vinci, but even though Da Vinci is not like a full on architects, but he did um, involved in the architecture thinking. So I was thinking to ask you why did you got into architecture? How does it happen? Is it because of your family or is it your friends or is there any other factors that actually encouraging you? Yeah. No, not really. No. Well, because like back in high school, I like art and I like to draw, but yeah. at the same time, I was so quite good in you know the sciences and everything. So it was well the and then like the default choice is you know engineering. It's quite boring, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So why? So I decided to take architecture because that 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 was what it was advertised. It was advertised as a combination of art and science. Yeah. Um, which is half true it turns out to be half true yeah but at the time you know that that was like the logical step right because you know i don't want you know i don't really want to do like engineering is like kind of boring and and you know and i don't want to go to full arts because that, that's not what the kind of person i am so hmm. um so that was basically the only choice you know if you want to have any sort of combination of yeah. art and science yeah it's, it's pretty much architecture yeah Talking about engineering, let's say you're talking about like pilots or aviation. You know everything about aviation, but you don't touch into other like business management, or you don't touch definitely. about yeah human uh, psychology. Definitely, you you're talking about you're talking about being very it's very specialized, right? It's yeah. very um focused at what they're doing, and what they do is very good. And I mean, it's not it's not a it's not a, it's a bad thing. Yep. That's just how the nature of their job requires it to be. And it's just so that the nature of an architect requires you to be knowledgeable about a lot of things. Yep. But not being but not at like at expert level. Yeah. Okay. So move on to the next questions because I was thinking, you know, your your love towards machines or aircrafts is it reminds me sort of like Foster or Richard Rogers, you know. So because they understand they are really, oh, yeah. you know, they are really study into it. They understand the structure of it, how they fly, the logics, the science. And I wonder how, is there any relationship between your design? You know, after you enroll into architecture school and most of your projects are much more pronouncing, expressive and celebrative. So let's look at your library, for example. There is a huge funnel. And then look at your final project about food theater. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those yeah, are like very, you know, it's it's very big. It's very bold. It's not like, you know, silent thing. You know, I, I always compare this kind of effect. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's like you're comparing Tado Ando's works and OMA, you know. OMA is like all about works. It's about <laughs> boldness, you know. It's about bigness. But even though yeah, you, yeah. Look at the, you look uh -huh. at the scale, it's like Tado Ando's works, right? It's not small. It's not like... Tiny little small houses or whatnot, but you look at the museums; those are like bare, uh, raw yeah, concrete, yeah, you know. Huge, yeah, yeah, huge. yeah. And then, and then you look at the OMS one; it's like huge. Look at me; it's like you know, it's like it works. It, it's definitely all about people. It's all about like businesses and things. How do you see from there? Okay, lah. This <laughs> this is gonna be so weird because <laughs> you're about to listen to. This some random guy who's not who hasn't really made it as an architect well who has forsaken architecture no, no, complaining yeah. about Tado Ando 
No, no, like, no. Who, who, who is who's a master in architecture? He, he, the, the other, other's works are, are very nice, obviously. Yeah. They're very quiet and everything. Yeah. The, the, but have you been in one? Have you been into Ando's, Ando's works? Any, uh, uh, any of Ando's buildings? No, because unfortunately a, a big not, yeah. thing about Ando's buildings, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I've been to a few. And, of course, you cannot just judge someone's entire work just by <laughs> visiting, like, three or four buildings. But yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, the thing about Ando's works is that they have this lack of detail. Right. They have this really very strong lack of detail to it. Yeah, for example, um, Saya Mikey, um, that museum thing, right? It's the, the big thing about it is that it's very uh, concrete kind of thing. Well, it's a, it's a typical Arnold work, right? It's right. very concrete. It's deep. It has that beautiful concrete work that he that he invented and everything. But when you get close to it and when you try to like, it's, uh, you know, see the stuff like handrails or doors or mm. the way the rooms are designed and everything, mm. right? You kind of see that that his attention stops at the messing face. Right. So it's more like... Like, uh, he, like he's involved the yeah. at the messing time where, you know, when you're talking about light and shadow and that kind of thing. Right. But once the design had progressed further than that, it is almost as if he has led it to his... Um, assistant. <laughs> to his uh, assistant architect yeah. to finish the drawing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because it's a very much that. Uh, uh, whereas if like OMA stuff right it's very loud and healthy, but yeah but they have like this very in, uh, but they have detail right? they have detail yeah. especially the um, that, that library thing it's crazy but it still works right it's a, yeah yeah yeah, Seattle, yeah that was Seattle. It, still, it still works so there, there's still definitely some thought mm. I'm not, not, not saying that that other has no thought but there's still a very strong control all the way down. When you do works, right, as a student, is it better for you to do something as as what you call sensitive as as uh, Ando? Or if not Ando, then can be like any any Japanese architect. Like, yeah, all kinds yeah, of sensitive, yeah. right? Or, or you want to do it the other way, which is like the European tradition or the Western tradition. Yeah. Like, OMA, Herzog, or Kabuzia also. Kabuzia is a very show-off guy. He loves right. to show-off. Right. He's slightly mental. He's actually he's a, he's a psycho, actually. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, what do you think? I think, I think, like, I think that the way that I did, which was to make it as loud as you can, not, it's not saying that that's my intention, but that right. was, actually it was my intention, like, to make it celebratory in nature and loud and in your face. Mm. I think that is like the more fun way to do for for me personally because that was the, that's the only time that you can ha- have this sort of expression uh, count for something. Right. Well, you can do it during competitions and you can yeah. but when you're working you're not going to get any kind of opportunity to, to yeah. do this kind of thing. Yeah. Very rarely unless you proceed all the way to own your own firm. But even then you know your clients might not want kind of thing. so it's very very rare. So now that you have this time right mm. and then you want to make it as crazy as you can. I think this is the, the only, if not the best time, the only time you ever have. It's either mm. this time or Masters, uh, when you come mm. and think. Mm. And then it's, it's, it's good, you know, because it's, uh, for, for me, I don't like quiet and reserved kind of thing. Right. Because right. I, I had this philosophy, but this sort of thinking that when you are an architect mm-hmm. and you have the power to create space, right? 
Right. You are kind of like a demigod or something like that. If you're a demigod, right? Right. You have the you have a lot of power in your hands. If you have a lot of power in your hands, right? You don't really want to be a slave to um the environment or circumstance. Right. You know? Right. It's a bit it's a bit odd, I you know. It's it's like you have so much, but then you, you purposely let things go to what? And then there are some people, not some people, and then there are some other ways or sort of approaches, which is uh, what, I'll call, what I'll call the so-called um, equation-based approach. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I mean equation-based is that they're trying to find the correct answer for the situation. So what they do is that, you know, you have a, you know, you have a building, your program, mm-hmm. your, your, you have uh, basically your concept yeah. and you have the site. And then what you do is that you find out like, okay, what's the main thing about the site? Okay, if it's like this, I have to do this. If yeah, it's like yeah, that, I have to yeah, do this. If yeah. the sun is from east to west, oh, I have to do it for either that. If, if the wind is coming from here, I'll align it that way. So in the end, right, you're not really designing, right? You it's, are actually just forcing your building. No, no, don't be forcing really. You, yeah, yeah, your 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 creation of your you as a devil god has create have not created anything. You all you've done is just solve the equation to result in something that. It's not really design, right? Yeah, it's something no. that's just a, um, a a consequence of the circumstances of the design. Um, and if you say that you're doing that, right? Yeah. You don't. You're not really a designer in the sense that you know that you are making decisions, rather that you are having decisions forced upon you. And if you are doing that against your will, that means that you are a slave. Yeah. No. Because so I, I, that, I think yeah yes I think there's there's two ways to do that. One is your way in a way that you are given a land and you are given the authority to create something. You know, it's like you have a land, you can do either very good or very bad. It's still one chance kind of thing. You know, so it's like you can do it loud and bold. It's still one building, or you can do silent, quiet, and follow the rules. He That's does- another way. So, I know, but then the the thing is that you're following following the rules that shows that you're you're not taking stuff into your own hands. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You're you're not exploiting the power that has been invested in you, and that is a sort of uh, thinking, right? That is very very submissive in nature, and I don't think architecture should be submissive in nature. I'm not saying that that's the wrong way to do because evidently there's a lot of things that require submission uh, especially in, in, in like conservation and kind of thing. Mm-hmm. those are very important and all that mm-hmm. whether or not you even think conservation is important that's a different subject mm. but um, if you have that kind of thing and you're in a class environment where the consequences are very small and things are very minor and this is the only chance in your life to ever do something like that because like for the rest of your life you're going to be yeah, submissive yeah. to the law you're going to be submissive to the cost yeah. especially the cost you're yeah. going to be submissive to the client and then you're doing big projects right? you're going to be submissive to the freaking stakeholders la, the public la, the government la, blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. so this is the only time you ever have yeah. if anything that I, I think that if any, you should try at least once, like once in like a degree during your study, master's or degree, mm. to do something crazy, to do to act like a god, you know, because that is the only time that you ever had. Yeah, because I I, I understand. I mean, you can do it in competitions, ah, but yeah, yeah, I I I'm aware of that kind of feeling or that kind of a result because 
You know, in, in degree times, I was thinking to do works that align to the so-called what I perceive the nature of a site or of a place. Because there I thought, you know, um, this project doesn't have to be big because I thought, you know, my philosophy is that try to make it small. It's like hidden in the site. It's like, you know, it's uh, disguised in the site. So I thought, okay, that's maybe the works or the philosophy or the perspective that I wanted to approach. But then until when I got here, the first projects when I do a greenhouse, I'm not sure if you saw, saw my sketches, but it is something big. It's something that utopian like. It's like it's not going to happen in in the next five years, but it's not. It's, it's going to be like a 10 years plans, you know. It's huge. It's utopian like. Yeah, it's crazy, I saw it. It's the one with a lot of cranes, right? Yeah, it's like cranes, a lot of cranes. and the space frames. Yeah. And, uh... It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's sort of like a Cedric Price fun palace kind of idea. It's like, what the hell, man? Is this this guy is how he imagined things, you know? So in that sense, the opportunity given to a certain architect is yep. well used, I would say. It's not saying that those works are silenced or quiet. Yes, I... You know? I'm not saying that Tadao's works is wasted. That's... It's, it's, it's still another way of... No, it's not. Tadao's works are, are not what you think quiet and reserved those things his works are actually very monumental you know yeah. that right his works are actually very very loud yeah very loud no I mean I mean, I the... mean yeah like, he, he's trying he's doing that light and shadow thing yeah kind of thing. but you know it's actually very loud like look at what he's doing in relation to the context it's very loud yeah your definition of monolithics is not on skill right it's all about the feelings as well it's about the impact and effect it's not like trying to let's say you you given a site of a forest. Well, yeah. You know? So and then he might he might do something that concrete and then nestle inside a forest. It's not like I have to cut down all the trees to make it stands out kind of thing. So yep. what he does is like he, uh -huh. he coexists with the forest, but still you can appear that kind of monolithic effect or that kind of huge effect, you know. But it's not trying uh, to create Yes, I understand that. Yes. Yeah. So it's not like creating a bomb over a site. Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. So 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 it's not like you, you compare to OMS, like it's like CCTV, for example, it, it within an urban site, it's like in the city of Beijing. That kind of monolithic is different because of the shape, it's of form. It's like Frank Gehry, it's like drop something unusual or something, you know, something they, they won't expect. So that kind of monolithic is different in a way that the appearance is different, the effect is different. But they, they've been through the study in a way that, you know, this form will work, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I suppose that just because a building is like a stone and the form of it uh, doesn't fit the surrounding, doesn't mean that it's, how to say, intrinsically loud. I mean, extrinsically, it's very loud already, right? That's, yeah. yeah. That's, why, that's why it's formed. But of course, uh, as you said, that it, it can still be very quiet because, like, you know, there's ways of doing the next question that talks about your the the idea of graphic representation okay so i saw your sketches on oh, the yeah. notebook and you sketch tanks or jet fighters you know those are things that you draw quite often and then you understand every details like the wheels the screws the you know the compartments and stuff you know. so i want and then and then you actually re render it i re I, I saw your render on a uh, I think it's a tank or, or truck or like a Spitfire. I, I can't recall. Yeah. Uh, so 
Yeah. So so uh I wonder how about your thinking process. Does it happens be like your sketches is like before you render something and then you sketch it out or two totally different things is like separate you just sketch for fun and one just render it out for your uh interest. Okay, well, the the reason I draw a lot of things because uh, it's a way of making sure that I'm awake. If I'm very bored, I have to start drawing something. Right. So it's just something that I do to, you know, to wake myself up. It's a very boring lecture or sick or something. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for something. Yeah, I do that all the time. Right. right. Um, but the I I I think that if if you say that if it um the renders that I did, they are not. I mean, of course, they're they're not out of nowhere. I have to, you know. What what I normally do for those renders is that I have an idea. First of all, I I pick a subject that I love. Right. Normally, is if it's a tank, then it's a specific model of a yeah, tank yeah. that I really like. Probably mm. because maybe because of the history, because it's something very interesting, or some or some some very interesting design. Or the jet fighter is most more more or less the same thing. Right. And then I I would sketch it out like I I know because I know how it looks like. So I just sketch it out roughly how the perspective is or what kind of angle looks nice uh, right. once that once that's done then i start modeling it and when i model it i have to i have to care i have to control the camera right so i can right. just adjust it to be to be exactly the angle that i really want and then just uh do it like that la. right so so the rendering is purely just like a hobby that you you are really love to do and it's then a you hobby just, yeah it's a yeah. hobby it's- yeah, it's a hobby. It was it was just an experiment seeing that okay, like I I've learned how to render buildings and all that, right? Yeah. So what if I use those techniques to render jet fighters and tanks and mm. this kind of thing? So mm-hmm. that's how I did. So and so, it's fun and yeah. it looks great. I think it works quite well. <laughs> yeah, it looks quite realistic as well, and, and it looks quite dramatic as well. You added like effects, like fires, the lighting as well, and the okay so. So how does it comes about when the approaches or your interest in digital graphics? So does it does it comes before you enroll into architecture school or what? Because I understand that you you play a lot in yeah, in computing course. stuff as well. You know, it's like software and things. Oh, um, a, a lot of things are just because I I like oh I wonder how it's done. So mm. I want to learn how they do it. So mm. that's how I got into it. Uh, I did learn. I, I learned this. Or the the skills of rendering that way I learned during architecture school, not not uh, not before. <laughs> because you 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 do learn of like uh, Photoshop or whatnot, right? Those are the super imposed skills. Those are the things that can be help extremely helpful for your final render and whatnot. So I wonder, is there any yeah, reference? Uh, yeah. yeah, because uh, I think a, a big thing about architecture school is is about learning to be very efficient. Yeah. Uh, with what you do, you can do things the right way. Not the right way. You can do things like there are many ways of doing things, right? There, mm. there are some effects that that take a lot of time and don't really look good, and there are some effects that look very good and things like it's basically instant. So you know you learn what's what, and then that's how you do things to make it what. And mm. then coincidentally, making things look realistic is actually one of the fastest ways to make a pretty render. If you mm. do it like like some sort of you know abstract kind of thing, that was gonna take a far longer time than making it, making it something look realistic. So that one worked in my favor. Right. Have you? That's why the, the things all look realistic. I right. could I could I was trying to do like like tanks, but rendered in that kind of like you know um, how to say atelier bow wow kind of style, mm, lightweight mm, kind mm, of thing. Mm. But I realized it's taking far too long, and then just give up. So right. this so uh, it's easy. Yeah, it takes it takes a shorter time 
to just do it this manner. So, so you actually it. tried another kind of rendering skills as well, and then you found out that you know the realistic renderings is works better to it's, for you. Yeah, realistic is, too, is the fastest. It's, yeah, it's so fast. Yeah, it's very fast because it does not have to be precise. Mm. Like things like photo montage style kind of thing, they have to be precise. Like the things have to be sharp. If it's slightly off, it's very very obvious. Yeah. Unless you're deliberately trying to make it look, I don't know, like uh, what was like very montage like, kind of thing. Or you want to make look gaga or something like that. You want to mm. look very surreal. But even surreality, this they have to be very clean. Yeah. This kind of things up. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So collages are very. Um, how to say they they requ- they work in very limited circumstances mm. basically right they collages there are some views that don't work very well and with collages you have to be very very sure uh, what you're doing because mm. so- sometimes the collages will end up looking very janky if you don't do it well and then jankiness well you, you can say like, okay well it's, it's a collage it's meant to look kind of outerworldly and supposed to look realistic you don't have to obey perspective mm. but sometimes it just looks very very weird and very ugly and also collages you have to be very once again very very clean you cannot mm. have materials blending to each other or they, like the lines have to be sharp uh, you cannot have things like there's no blending in collages mm. right mm. because the collages are meant to look as if you know you take a piece of texture you angle it you place it there so you, they're not supposed to see it blending from one texture to the other mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, so if you see that is, if you see that that is wrong, really, right? So that that thing takes time. Whereas like with with you know realistic kind of thing, you just have some soft eraser and just like erase one part of it off, mm. and then you still look good because you still look great. It still looks realistic because that's how realism is, where everything is doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be sharp, you know, and you yeah. still look okay. Yeah. No, because the the thing about collages and realistic renders, right? Most of the realistic renders done by a software, you know, it's like light, about angle, it's about shadows. Everything done by computers, you know, they do have a setting or a interf- yeah. like an interface to done everything, you know. But when it comes to collages, you have to judge or you have to do some uh, understanding of the nature of light and shadow so that you can adjust the guy to be darker a little bit, the guy to be lighter a little bit. So that's what I am thinking. And that's why I... I pursue into another way which is line drawings at this point i wanted to ask that because when it comes to line drawings right people already uh, um sort of understand yeah. that line drawings is not a realistic thing biggest weakness of uh, realistic renders is that they have when you see a realistic render you have the motion you have the uh your what you, what the renderer is implying is that this is a finalized design this is what you are going to get Right, right, right. Whereas, like with a rent, with a line drawing or whatnot, there's the implication is that it's not done, yeah, and it gives you this subconscious, um, uh, urging that not urging, but this subconscious feeling that, you that you can just imbue it with what you think is gonna be, yes, right. It's you like can, a blank you can say that that's yeah. yeah. You can say that you know, it's a bit misleading because like you feel your own preconceptions when you see a line drawing, because yeah. you think that oh, it's gonna yeah. be something like. Yeah, it's gonna be like that. The material yeah. is gonna be like that because you don't see color, right, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So that that is uh that is definitely a a plus point for the line work drawing because like, it tends to imply that that is 
a more that there actually is. Right. Because because in line drawings, right, we send literally a line drawings and the customer or client or even our tutor, they will see lines. But in fact, if you get a column built, you won't see two lines. You will see seamless uh, colors running over the texture of a columns. You don't see lines. So that's that's something that I, I like it to experiment because you know it's, it's for the sake of communication. It's like a drawings. It's like when you see plans and then you see lines, you see to justify a certain point. So, but when it comes to realistic renderings, I mean, it happens all around the world when it comes to like final design. They wanted to show a client is realistic renderings and then they can imagine because we must understand that most of the clients, I'm not sure about it, but I think the clients, they have to see a realistic rendering so that they can easily uh, visualize their shopping mall, their shops or their house at a certain angle. But we we think that the, the realistic graphics becomes too depending in a way that what if the result is not as that? You know, the, the, the role yeah, of realistic that's, renderings. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a bad thing also, right? Because like the with line drawings, you are basically misleading the client. Right. Um, but at the same time, right, for your own sake, you're doing a render... The client tends to get hung up on very ridiculous and superfluous details. Right. For example, when you show a render of a house, right? Okay. And then they see the color of the door. Right. And then they say, oh, I don't like the color of the door. And then mm. it's like, that's not... You say, okay. And then you say that... And then you end up saying that, no, that one is... You can discuss that later. We can talk about the color of the door later. Right. You know, if you're in schematic phase, right? They get hung up on these kind of tiny details that don't matter at that, at that period of, right, the, right. Of, of the project. Or for example, yeah, you show a render of a, of a bedroom, right? And then, because everything there, you try, you just get it online, 3ds Max, kind of thing. Mm, mm, mm. And then you see like, oh, the cupboard, I don't like it. I don't yeah. like the carpeting color. I don't yeah. like the curtain color. Yeah. Whereas the reason why you show it is because like, maybe it's like the space. Is it okay? Is it big enough? Does mm, it have a thing? Mm, you know, mm, is the arrangement of the furniture correct? And then they get hung up on like, you know, stupid things like, oh, the yeah, color not yeah, nice. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Like that would that kind of thing, right? So it's a, it's a you gain some, you lose some. Yeah, you gain some, you lose some. The end of the project, the towards the end of the project, you will be required to do uh realistic renders, and we do realistic renders. Uh, normally this is you have to do it as realistic as possible, uh, because especially you're talking like, like for example, like big lobbies and everything. You try right. towards the end of the project, we're talking about material selection and everything. Yeah, this is during like the contract. Development a contract documentation phase or CD phase, then you probably will will need to be as as at that point line drawings are not acceptable. You know, yeah. you, you you make it as realistic as you can. You know, because we will see like the like the actual towel right right towel design the actual thing the actual thing. So you know, so, so there's a time and phase for everything. So presumably it will be easier to do line drawings during schematic. Right. Then later on as you progress right. more then. You have no choice but to do render. But in the academic sense, in the academic setting, right? Hmm. It can I be, think it... you'll be kind of the same as well. Yeah. Um, no. like, like you start off with line drawings because it's easy and then your lecturer is more like the good lecturer will tend to see things that they uh, they tend to have their own idea and yeah. they put it in your line drawing so they tend to be more yeah. agreeable. And right. then later on when you do a thing, I think it's just easier and faster if you just do it 
realistically because realistic renders are faster to produce than line drawings later right. on for final press. Yeah. So maybe that, I don't know, that, that's a time and place for everything, right? So meaning to, yeah, because you actually raise up one uh, topic that you're saying that about furnitures and stuff, about the accuracy of the setting as well. Because at that point, maybe we're just trying to show this is the skill. This is what you get for 3.5 meters hotel room. This is what you get for 3 meters, you know. Giving a sense of scale is not about yeah. the little things about furniture, about that, you know, because at that point in time, we haven't decided which furniture we wanted to get. And then you're already judging on the furniture, which is something absurd, I think, because we are trying to show the scale is not about the furniture. And that's that's the good point that you, you're saving out. And I think the, the rendering types, yeah. the approaches, I think it varies along the uh, journey. It's, it's, it's like it's not it's not about the final rendering that you get it's like oh this is what you get for the final it's not about lines because lines works right that's why I would say line renderings is not really good for the final because it is final and the client can't really understand lines you know they have to see like the texture renders light shadows and stuff. You know, it's not about lines. I mean, lines is good for the initial stage because it's easier to, to build, you know. You don't have to judge the yeah. light and shadow, you know. And so the next question is, I was thinking, do you sort of sketch or you have a perspective in your mind that, you know, this angle, it will be like this, it will be 45 degree or things like that. It will be uh, a certain field of view so that you can make, the angle to be sharper a little bit. So do you sketch it out like a certain perspective that you imagine so that the render will comes out exactly like what you wish? Yeah, I think that's a wise thing to do that you should sketch out before you do any rendering, you should have some idea of what you want to show, right? Right. Each render is supposed to tell a story and then I don't think there should be more than four renders at any time. <laughs> I right. don't think you should do more than four renders for a new project. So you, you, unless you, you're talking about client kind of the difficulty, yeah. Because it's it's uh you're, you're trying to say is it's like each render should tell a very specific story, and that if you have too much renders, right, then you kind of have you kind I think you kind of lose track. I right. feel right. first of all, you gotta take more time to render, obviously, hmm. and also the more things that you have. Um, it tend will the more things will tend to repeat, unless you have like some design right where each room is different, like very different. Then mm. okay lah, fine. Then mm. <laughs> then maybe it, it it's warranted to have that. But but typically in a like some educational context kind of thing, mm. it doesn't really make sense lah, right to have so many renders and everything because it, it tend to see that you know you have too much time and you don't tend to what so each render so each each things should definitely have a focus in it. You should have like, when, when, when I did it, when I was doing, you know, design uh, undergrad, mm, mm. normally what I do is that I, I think of, okay, so what are the views that I want? Okay, okay normally you have one bird's eye, something like that. Or uh, not bird's eye, like, not bird's eye, then perspective of the exterior. Right, kind of right, thing. Right. And then you have one, okay, what's the interior view that really should, that's really important? 
you know, then I say, okay, that one. And then there's mm. another view. Okay, what's a very important view? You know, what are the, what are the three views that can sum up the interior spaces of your design? Mm. So maybe you have one for the public spaces, like, you know, you have an atrium, right? Then you have one view for the atrium. Mm. Or if you have like some some space that is very, very interesting and very religious, then you have one for that. And then you have mm. one thing that, for for me, the biggest one was this um, this very big render. It, it was like a that shows it was just a like it was just nothing, but it was just facing the twin towers. Uh, basically, mm. for that for my mm. final seven six one mm. for the food theater, and then that was it serves two functions. First of all, it tell it it's telling the telling the space uh, right. So this is a outdoor theater, and then you mm. were, people will be. Uh, performing in the back, and then the backdrop of the performance is, you know, the chaos KLCC, skyline. So right. that, that's the story. And then the second story is that this is going to be representative of the entire project. Like right. this is what the entire, what is what the project is about. It's very crazy. It's very wow. It's very colorful. It's very grand. Mm. It's out of this world because you never seen that before. Because right. that, the the render was depicting people eating, and then people were cooking in front of them, and there was behind the cooking there was this gigantic dragon moving around. Right. And behind that further is the KL thing, yeah. and they can see some fireworks and there's some spotlight here. Thing. It was a very surreal kind of thing. But that was what it was telling the project about because this project is something completely new. Mm. So that was what it was trying. To say that right so this thinking i think should carry on for everything right because like, you're trying to say the most with the fewest thing and then if you can say more things with less renders i think it's going to help you a lot more because you are thinking you are talking about like realistic renders about their approach and sort of like a a routine that you takes for i mean i mean almost like a for for architecture students is that's the road that you take you know you sketch you, you draw 3Ds and then you get your perspective and render it out and then you final. But I wonder, is there any... Because for me, when I was doing my 3D renders, right? And then after I done my model, yeah. for example, and then I... I mean, I do have my perspective mm -hmm. uh, in prior of the 3D modeling. But then after I done my 3D model, right? And then I found there's a certain anger yeah. that I can't imagine I, ca I can have, you know? It's like... Once you've done a cube, right? You just imagine you are taking a picture yeah. from a corner. But you never know that from the front, it can be another angle as well. So it's it's like 3D modeling or the so to say the realistic renderings or 3D renderings. It's co-related with your sketches. So it's like they're working both ways. So it's like when you've done your... 3D, you done your model, and then you found out, hey, there, there's another chance for you to do another perspective, and then you found out that maybe it's a better view than you sketch, you know, than you can't expect it because once you got the 3D, it's basically like a built thing, so you can have like a virtual understanding of the messing or the cubic. So, do you have an experience before in a way that once you done a 3D model, and then you found out that hey, it yeah, can be another perspective, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, yeah. It, that, that that works as well because, uh, uh, of course, you be quite stupid, lah. You know, you see 3D view and say, "Hey, I never seen this view before." It works yeah, as well. Yeah. But the and you can do that. But it's just that when you when you do a 3D view and you get views like that, the the how to say what what tends to happen is that you tend to lose sight of what's important because you say, "Oh, I can do it." Like basically. Uh, 
thousand and one views yeah. from my 3D view. Yeah. So, and, and it had to get carried away because, oh, I want this view, I want this view, I want this view, mm-hmm. I want this view, I want this view, I want this view. Uh, and it's, it's not wrong, I think. Uh, it, it just, it just, uh, it just tend to get carried away. Yeah, it's so not it's, being it's, precise. It's not as you know what you're doing and everything. That, that should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, as I understand, there's a few of my friends they are trying to do in a way that they tend to work from 3D models and then after that, they only found the angle that they want, you know. This is another way because we are yeah. usually like we sketch and then we understand a certain perspective. Let's say looking towards a pool, looking towards a theater or things like that, you know. But they don't have idea until they build 3D and then they only can visualize, oh, this is the angle that I want, you know. So what do you see on that? Do you think it's it's much more difficult way or much more, uh, you know, it's, it's much more time consuming in that sense. You get what I mean? Oh, so, then I, okay, uh, this kind of thing kind of requires you to have a lot of foresight, right? Like you kind of need to know very, very early on, like this is what you want. This is yeah. what you want to say. This is your statement. You have to know that very, very early on and, and that has to guide a lot of stuff mm. all the way from the beginning, from conception all the way to the end. Uh, I think I find it this very rarely do you get the chance to do so because you you a lot of what has happened is that you do things and then you have a lot of changes on the way and then the design is very rarely set in stone from the very beginning because it tends mm. to change and then you get some then you read something else and say, oh that's very cool I want to do that and then so basically that kind of thing very rarely happens in mm. fact I don't think it actually happens yeah. so. I don't think that that's like a, a thing to be concerned about. Lah. <laughs> yeah, because because I raise up these uh, questions is because I, I see the, the behavior or the, you know, the patterns of people working on digital instead of manuals, you know. I mean, not saying that manuals, you can, you must be drawing on a paper. I mean, some people, they do drawings on iPad or depending on technology to express their idea. Um, so that's why I was thinking, how do we keep on using or adapting the same tradition of sketching over the paper instead of you working on iPad or working on computer or mouse and keyboards? And then you're losing the understand of touches or sketching, you know? Yeah, because because I see a lot of people actually using 3D as their, as their initial stage for them to move on, you know? So it's not like you... Oh! So it's like they depending on technology or depending on the software. Yeah. So... Okay. Yeah, but but for you, you're still practicing in a way that... I... Yeah, but... um, When I I I started working, right? Mm. uh, We were sketching and doing the 3D at the same time. Because it turns out that you kind of need to do it. It's kind of necessary because... Mm. um, you need to know the dimensions. You need to know some basic things, basically mm. the layout and stuff. Mm. So you have to have those kind of things in mind before you can start doing any sort of design. So you um and and these these are things that, for example, layout, general arrangement of rooms and location and size and of uh, of uh, how to say parking lots kind of thing. Right. These kind of things, right, are very very critical for the design itself. So you need some things that you cannot really sketch. 
much. And these these are things that you really need to see in your eyes to see mm. that okay, I have to arrange it in this way, I have to do it in this way, blah 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 kind of thing. Mm. So from from my understanding is that um, I I used to think that these are things that is best drawn on paper. Right. But after working in that thing and trying that out, I think that that actually makes more sense. Yeah. Right. So you're thinking. So you are saying that the sketching, um, the idea of generating more thinking process on the paper or sketching, and three D model links are running parallel in a way that you do your sketches and then you make your model and then you found the problem then you go back to sketching. So it's like working both way up to the. Uh final yes, yes, you can say that. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder how how yes, how does you it? You can say that. Yeah. So we we almost comes to an end, and I was thinking that because you've done so much um graphic or realistic renderings, so I wonder is there any like videos or lessons that you look up to to enhance or sharpen your rendering skills so that you can learn more. From uh, that? no, I self learn. <laughs> right, right. I self learn. <laughs> That's that's really interesting though. How do, I, I, mean, I was uh, I just I just how do you self learn things like this? Actually, I, I have no clue. I just like to press buttons, I guess, on the on on in in Photoshop. Right. I just like scroll and then change stuff, and then I just and then it, I think it helps have an understanding of the way Photoshop works. You know, yeah. a little bit of knowledge about the theory of color and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and and that's how that's how I did it. <laughs> I don't, so I it's have like. No, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of YouTube tutorials on that, and I probably am doing some things wrong, but right. I don't know, it, it works for me. So you know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it it works anyhow because the 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 whole point is to get it works. <laughs> you you're just trying to you know to explore things that yeah. you know, you you can you can get the result, but doesn't means that the process have to be wrong. You know, you you get different kind of approach to get the result, but I I'm. I'm pretty sure that, that you actually like Google it. What what's the me meaning of these tools, for example, and and especially when it comes to three D S Max, right? There's a lot of buttons. There's a lot of settings that you actually look up to internet for existence, or you just you know self explore, try over and over again. I that's it. There's some things that are like in my opinion should be quite easy to do, and I don't know how to do on this mm. internet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so. It, that's how it Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Amos. So, uh, here comes the end of our podcast. Yeah. So please support us on Instagram and Spotify. We will keep on um, updating more interviews. Thank you very much.